Good afternoon, You Thought Media listeners. Welcome to our first ever podcast. My name is Jared Ludecker, and I'm with my esteemed guest, Lucas Mason Moyer. And we're going to be discussing college football today. And we're, of course, going to start off with our beloved alma mater, the University of Notre Dame. Go Irish. Go Irish. That just had a great shellacking beatdown of Boston College. And we're just gonna we're just gonna discuss that and look at where the Notre Dame Fighting Irish can go on from here. Look at Lucas, what are some of your takeaways from this game? Honestly, they've looked very, very good the last three games especially. Um after Virginia Tech, they've just looked incredibly solid. Defense has played well. Ian Book is a revelation, as some might say. Uh mm-hmm. a lot better than he had in the Michigan game. The I know the announcers harp on this all the time, but he's great at extending plays with his feet. Surprise athleticism. Uh, <laughs> right. It's just um, sort of like help level up the team. And it, I don't know, it makes me very optimistic about the future that if Book stays next year and Kelly can continue to develop the young guys, Braden Lindsay, especially the speedster at wide receiver, like I think they'd be really good next year, even with the loss of Claypool on mm-hmm. the offense and Chris Fink too, but less so Fink than Claypool. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think especially the Virginia Tech game coming off a really embarrassing Michigan loss. It's, it was good to see that the team's still fighting um, in that Virginia Tech game when they had to come back. Um, and, and Ian Book led that really nice drive. So that was that's really encouraging to see and encouraging to see that they're still playing hard and they still have something to play for. Uh, ending with an 11-2 and two season I think would be pretty good. Like double-digit wins in any season is really good. Mm-hmm. It's not the college football playoff from last year, but think all things considered we did i mean the team did lose to currently number four georgia mm-hmm. and then and then 13 michigan so those aren't bad losses i mean the michigan loss you could say is a bad loss because they got blown out but yeah i mean it's not too bad they're not too bad of losses and like you said ian book three touchdowns and interceptions in the game so mm-hmm. he's starting to get going sick claypool's starting to be dominant too Especially the last two games, yeah, pretty crazy. So being there in person for Navy and those four touchdowns was absolutely wild. Like he just yeah. three of which were in the first quarter and a half of the game too, just yeah. like unreal production. Um, yeah, it is frustrating. Well, so goods and bads though. Like they are beating up on bad teams in a way. Like I don't used to remember them doing like forty to seven this week um, against Boston College. I think it was fifty two to twenty last week against Navy. They blew out Duke as well, and like. That's a just surprising development because, like, I feel like even when they're really good, they haven't as much blown out teams as, like, in Alabama or Clemson has. And it, again, makes me feel more excited for the next year. But even, I don't know, with that considered, it is sort of, like, frustrating because it does feel like, again, like, they just still can't ever win the big games. Like, I'm happy that they're, like, finally blowing out teams. But if Michigan's blowing them out and if they're losing close games to Georgia, like, they'll never really be able to, like, compete. And while they're doing one aspect of what, like, all the good teams do, the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Clemsons of the world, doing, like, just, like, beating up on scrub opponents now, the fact that they still can't, like, beat good teams is frustrating. And I don't know if it's a coaching issue, if it's just, like, a lack of, like, recruitment, or what's the actual issue there. So Yeah, that's what I I kind of wanted to expand on that, too. I'm I'm not sure what the... Issue is either I've been usually a pretty big Brian Kelly supporter and not I usually don't try to jump onto the train of moving on from him because because when you do look at his body of work and his his winning percentage there it's been he's been really good he's been one of the best coaches that Notre Dame's had in terms of all that 
mm-hmm. even though he hasn't gotten us and he's gotten us to the big to some big games, but hasn't um hasn't necessarily been able to win it. But I don't know how much that is. I don't know how much that is Brian Kelly's fault. I, I don't know if it's because playing in the Midwest, it's harder to get the the same kind of recruits that people that the teams in the South can, like Alabama, LSU. But Ohio State does it. They're yeah. in there in the Midwest. Yeah. So Stand, I, like- I mean, you know, and I think even with a. Like maybe some people will say because of the academic standards at Notre Dame, it makes it hard to recruit too. But Stanford's done it too. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, and it's like it's interesting because I feel like Kelly is a good coach. Like before, like all my life up until he came in, like you know, there were blips of being good. There was like Willingham's first year in which they like got all the way up to number three and lost to BC, and then they're like those two first Charlie Weiss years, but like. It was just, like, consistent disappointment for the most part. And, like, under Kelly, like, I don't know, bar the 4-8 and eight season and after, like, you know, some initial growing pains in his first years, like, they've consistently been, like, excellent. And, like, how you mentioned, like, mm-hmm. they got to the playoffs last year. They got to the national championship in 2012. Like, there have been, like, a lot of highs and stuff like that. But it's just, like, it just feels like they can never get over the hump. And I don't want to, like... Like, I don't necessarily also want to hop on the train of, like, oh, they should let him go. Like, they, like, because he is a good coach who has them consistently competing at a level that, like, they haven't been in my lifetime at least. But I just don't know what that next step you would need to take is to, like, get over the hump of, like, being in Alabama or Clemson. And I guess a lot of that it just takes, like, time and time and time. But he's also been there, what, for, this is his 10th season, I think. So, yeah, I don't know at what point that comes. I think you can count that four and eight season kind of as a reboot, though. Yeah, um, I I would say that's kind of how I look at it, and so that it went the next year. I think we went ten and three. The next year was Wimbush. Wimbush's first year. Mm. They'd go twelve and zero in the regular season. Yeah, and then this this year, hopefully eleven and two by the time we ended. And then, so I think I think they're still on the right track. I I think Ian Book, while he's doing great, he's not the quarterback that would that's going to lead. He's not Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's not like, he's not Joe Burrow or Justin Fields, mm-hmm. any of those guys. That's gonna be able to. You need to have the. You need to have like a really dominant quarterback. I think. So yeah. I think that's that's part of it for sure. I think we're a little smaller than some of the team, some of like teams like Alabama and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. That if we start recruiting a little, I think we have some the good speed, but we need a little more physicality. Maybe I think we have it on defense. Yeah, well, I don't know if we. I don't maybe think we don't even have like that great of athletes. Like, I mean, Tony yeah. Jones and. Uh, like Sebo Flemister and Tafar Armstrong are like good backs, but they don't have like the explosiveness I think that you like need out of the mm-hmm. backfield. Like, no, like Travis Etienne or anybody else like that that like can really like break a game. And like, or, Clark, Dext- or Dexter Williams. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I think honestly, like one of the biggest differences between this year and last year is having Dexter Williams having left because he provided that like explosive dynamic running yeah. back that you need to like you fear on, like, in the running game, so you, like, will... So, like, there's both a threat on in the running game and in the passing game of, like, explosiveness, and, like, they just don't have that on the running game this year. Like, they can grind out mm-hmm. good runs, but without that, it, like, it makes it harder to, like, I don't know, I mean, just win generally if you, you're not scared of the running game at any point because they're not going to break open big plays or anything like that. That's true. I think we are kind of missing... Like we have, I think Chase is kind of on that same caliber as like a SEC sort of versus Chase Claypool. Yeah. Is sort of that on that same caliber as like a SEC wide receiver. But like kind of what you were saying um, in the Georgia game, 
I look at our rushing yards. It was under under fifty under fifty rushing yards against Georgia. The verdict is the jury's still out on on Notre Dame and Coach Kelly about whether they can get become that elite team. I think they're consistently a top fifteen team, but they're not one of the top. They're not like a top uh, four, top five, or four team. You know. Oh, I hundred percent agree. And so, yeah. So we'll see how that goes because at this point they're on like a pace of like every you know six years they can like get close to being elite but they can never quite i don't know maintain that level of consistent performance where they're like in contention for the college football playoff every single year yeah all right let's switch gears and and look over at the west coast um at oregon's shocking loss it was a very exciting fourth quarter mm-hmm. they made it interesting but at the end of arizona state and herm edwards um Lot stayed on stayed on their lead. Um, so what do you what do you think the college football playoff? How does this affect the college football playoff uh, outlook going forward? I'm gonna say it. I'm a huge advocate for Utah making the college football playoff. Okay. If they okay. can win out in their schedule, well, obviously I feel like they would have had a more compelling case if um, if you're looking at it and they play Oregon in the championship when Oregon also only has one loss, but a win over Oregon yeah. at this point is still like probably a ten and th- a ten and what would end up being a ten and three Oregon team. Still a convincing yeah. win. Just finishing alone in a Power 5 conference with only one loss at the end of the year is a good schedule. Yeah. Um, or is a good sign for their chances of the playoff because, honestly, their main competition outside of that would probably be Oklahoma for that. Al- Oklahoma and Alabama for the last spot. And if you're looking at tiebreakers in that, they would have a conference championship, um, which Alabama yeah. would not. In addition to that, Alabama just playing a truly, horrifically easy schedule this year. And not that, like... Utah has, like, the most difficult schedule, but, you know, they have wins over, like, decently, consistently good teams. The uh, University of Washington, who is not ranked anymore, but, you know, it's still a consistently good team. Like, they pretty much mopped the floor with everybody in the Pac-12 that they played this year. Um, And I think that would be case enough to get them into the playoff. And... I don't know. Oklahoma would be, I guess, the other one you would consider at that spot uh, with a conference championship. But I don't know. I realize that basing it on like what past years has happened is never a good thing to do. But I just feel like, again, this year they've like consistently shown that their defense is not great. They struggle in like a lot of games, like even this past weekend against TCU, barely scraping by Iowa State, barely scraping by Baylor with that great comeback, losing to Kansas mm-hmm. State. Like all of their games since that Kansas State game have been close over team. I mean, Baylor is a, a very excellent team, but TCU's not. Iowa State is not. I mean, they're good teams, but they're just scraping by in these games. Only seven points over Texas. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Utah has just consistently dominated all their opponents in what I feel like is a pretty equivalent conference. And so I think if it comes down to it, because you got to think if um, if LSU wins out, they're definitely in. If Ohio State wins out, they're in. If Clemson wins out, they're in. And what that would probably leave would be competition for the last spot, presuming the rest of these teams went out, of an 11-1 Alabama without a conference championship. Uh, twelve and one Oklahoma with the Big Twelve championship and the twelve and one Utah with a conference championship. Like uh-huh. I feel like you have to just put Utah in there because of looking at their schedule, looking at how consistently they've dominated teams and any real quality wins they would have. So well, I, yeah, I would look. I push back a little bit on Utah 
I think with what the how the committee is ranking them right now, then yes, Utah would would go in first. But I I, I think they're a little overinflated. Let's like yes, Pac-12 championship. I don't think you can put Alabama over Oklahoma or Utah, who have championships and they're twelve and one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can put Alabama in over them, just because of what you're saying. They don't have. Yes, they pass the eye test, but they don't have that the a rigorous schedule. Yeah, like they, when you look at like when you look at what LSU has played and in Georgia, they they've played very good schedules, beaten really good teams. But I'm looking at Utah's. Utah doesn't have any ranked wins currently. One ranked opponent that they faced was USC, who they lost to mm-hmm. um, on the road. But I, I don't know. I think Oklahoma's resume. I would put Oklahoma in over Utah actually because I think their resume looks better to me. But um, uh, they. I don't know. They just consistently like will squeak by teams they should be trouncing, and I mean they do. Utah, like you said, does also have one ranked win. And I realize Baylor's a good team, but I'm not sure. Like I don't know. I'm convinced. I mean, I guess Baylor will get another shot at them in the Big Twelve championship, and that could throw things yeah. into chaos as well. If like Baylor wins and they're a one loss Big Twelve champion, and then I don't know what exactly you do there. I guess I would advocate again for Utah to. I don't know, sneak in over a one-loss Baylor just because of the method by which they've just, like, completely demolished teams. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've demolished bad teams, though. Like, and even, like, Wash, like University of Washington, they only won by five points. Yeah. And, yes, they did demolish UCLA, Cal, Arizona State, Washington State, Oregon State. Although Oregon State's surging, it, it'll be, actually, I think, an interesting game when they play, when they play Oregon in the Civil War. Yeah. I think that'll actually be an interesting game. They just had a really crazy game with Washington State mm-hmm. yesterday. I just think looking at Oklahoma's resume, though, they, they, they have a ranked matchup coming up against Oklahoma State. Then they'll have Baylor again. Okay, Texas, Texas, you know, was a tougher game at the time. I don't know. You know, I think, I think like, yes, you can look at the schedule and you're like, okay, well, Texas finished the, uh, a really bad record, so they're not really that good. But I think at different points of the season – Teams are better. Like Texas, at the start of the season, is all fired up and stuff. They're fired up for the Oklahoma game. Now they're not fired up to be playing Baylor and stuff because they're they're not really playing for anything. Yeah, I think I think I take that into consideration personally. I understand that the committee doesn't, maybe, but mm-hmm. I kind of take that into consideration. So I'm going to give a little more credence to that Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give a little more credit to that win. Yeah. Um, and then they got Baylor. Iowa State's ranked in the college football playoff rankings right now. So they have some ranked wins, more ranked wins. No. Well, they have ranked wins, and Utah doesn't. So That's true. And um, all of this, too, is assuming like that the teams we expect to win out went out. Like yeah. I, People are sleeping on the University of Minnesota Gophers. I know they lost last week to Iowa. That's, yes. But mm-hmm. if they can beat Wisconsin this weekend, um, mm-hmm. who's ranked number 12, and then beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, they more than deserve a spot in the college football playoff. That would be wins against Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. That's three top 15 wins and a conference I, uh, championship. I agree with you. And it wouldn't be that bad. Their loss to Iowa is not that bad either. Yeah. Like, it, compared to... So let's say, yeah, that would that would probably that would take Ohio State out. LSU and Clemson are in. Georgia's out if LSU beats Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would jump. I think they would. Do you think they would jump Utah? Yeah, think I think would, well, with yeah. a conference championship and wins. Oh, I mean, Utah would have a conference championship too. But in that case, Minnesota would have wins over Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, all of whom are ranked in the top fifteen right now. 
and their only loss would be the number 17 Iowa. So, like, I feel like you got to put them in at that point. Like, their loss on the road, close game to a top 20 team, and then three wins over just really quality opponents, probably the three other best teams in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they would jump, and they would jump Oklahoma for you then too. They would jump Oklahoma for me then too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about this scenario though? Let's say LSU goes twelve and zero onto the conference championship, uh, SEC championship. University of Georgia eleven and one, entering the the SEC championship, and then Georgia wins in a close game over LSU. Then what happens? I feel like the committee puts them both in, but I think that's what the committee would do. The committee loves the SEC. I think part of it plays into my desire to for a bigger playoff because mm. it's just frustrating when like the SEC holds two of the four spots and like so many other potential teams get boxed out. Plus, like I guess if Georgia beats LSU, then that would prove that they're legitimately very good. But I feel like Georgia hasn't been overly impressive this season. They've, oh, you don't think so? I I mean they beat they have a lot of good wins. They have wins against Auburn, Florida, Notre Dame, and again they're all close wins. But mm-hmm. They just passed the eye test less than they do in past years. And yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. They still look good. They're still demolishing the scrubs at the beginning. But, well, if Georgia beats LSU in that SEC championship, I feel like you have a hard time leaving either one of them out as two 12-1 mm-hmm. teams who have beaten each at least three top 25 teams. Like, mm-hmm. they're two excellent schools who played – I mean, LSU especially. I don't think there's any way at this point, unless they lose their last two games of the season, that yeah. LSU gets left out of the playoff. Yep. I agree. I think you can't leave. I don't know. Maybe if it's maybe if Georgia blows out LSU, that I don't know what that would what that would do. But um yeah, LSU obviously has looked pretty good this entire year. They went out and played Texas. Again, played Texas. At the start of the year, that it was a bit more difficult game at the start of the year than it would be now. Yeah, um, I don't know. Be I careful think... not to buy into the Texas hype, though. Like, I feel like people always like want Texas <laughs> to be back, and they're just yeah. like never great. I mean, yeah. honestly, wins over having beaten Florida, Auburn, Alabama is like enough for any compelling case to make the playoff and having like destroyed every other team on the schedule pretty much so like mm-hmm. georgia southern by 52 northwestern state by 51 vanderbilt by 28 mm-hmm. utah state by 36 mississippi state by 23 ole miss by 21 arkansas by 36 although their defense has slipped in the last couple of games looking at this yeah. they've allowed 20 to arkansas 37 to ole miss 41 to alabama and 20 to Auburn. I mean, like, Auburn and Alabama were both very good. But, like, allowing 37 to Ole Miss and 20 to Arkansas, like, doesn't look great. Not good. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, under Joe Burrow, and their offense is just, like, so good that, you know, you can outgun people. But maybe then, I didn't really consider this before, you fall into the Oklahoma trap of having an excellent offense but a terrible defense. And mm-hmm. then once Defense has stepped up this year, though. I think for Oklahoma. Yeah, that's true. What about other scenarios where we're looking at? Do you think there's any chance Clemson loses either of their last two games and or either of their last games and drops out of the rankings? If they lost one, I think they they should drop out. I, but I don't think they, I don't think they will just because oh. they haven't they literally haven't played anybody this year. So oh yeah, like I mean the Texas A and M game at the start of the year looked like a bigger game, and I think I mean when you look at let me pull up Texas A and M's um, record. 
Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all their losses are to just completely dominant teams. Oh, they yeah. Lost to, Texas A&M you know, played a brutal schedule this year. They, they had a terrible schedule. I mean, they played Clemson out of conference. Mm-hmm. And then in conference, they have to play LSU next week. Mm-hmm. They, they played Alabama already. Um, yeah. It is yeah they, and just played Georgia. You know, they, that's a pretty brutal schedule. So I think... That's the best win probably on their schedule, I would think, on Clemson's schedule. Yeah, it drives Texas me crazy, though. Like, they just play absolutely nobody. And I know Notre Dame gets a lot of like, crap every year for like their yeah. schedule. But I saw a stat today. I can reference it later or try and find the exact thing later. But Notre Dame has played six teams this year who are at one point ranked in the college football playoff top 25, which is more than Clemson, which is more than Ohio State. And, like, yeah, but, like, they don't seem to get the free pass. We're not on a con- Notre Dame's on a conference. That's why. Yeah, but like I, that. <laughs> at that point, it's just like semantics. Like, it, like if Notre Dame's playing a harder schedule, like why should it matter? Like why should Clemson get a free ride to the playoff for going twelve and zero against a bunch of nobodies? Whereas Notre Dame, if they go twelve and zero, like obviously they made the playoff last year, but I feel like there's a chance if there's like five twelve and zero teams and four of them are from like a major conference and Notre Dame is the other, and. <laughs> Notre Dame plays a harder schedule. I still feel like there's a chance they get left out there just because of like, I don't know, the negative. No conference championship. I mean, that's that's part of their yeah, but criteria, like, you know. And you have to, you can't just then then the committee runs into trouble of saying, but your your criteria says committee or conference championship is worth more. Yeah, but like it's worth something for Clemson. Does like an extra like Notre Dame <laughs> would play a harder like Clemson plays Wofford and University of Charlotte during the year. Notre Dame yeah. doesn't play FCS teams. Instead, they play like consistently like good FBS teams. So that thirteenth FBS game that Clemson has is just equivalent to another one of Notre Dame's schedule games because Clemson is playing Wofford with a week left in, or with a month left in the season. Yeah, and in the ACC championship, they they usually just play some scrub. Yeah, I think so. so Virginia Tech, who is you know yeah. doing well, eight and three, five and two in conference. Currently in first, but but they're not a, they're not a ranked team though. Yeah, no, and like they might put up a little bit of a fight, but like I can't see it getting to a point where Clemson loses that game. Yeah, I agree. But I, I do think if they lose a game, they're out. They oh, should be a hundred percent. Like I would pay. I would take. You would take Oklahoma over them, over Clemson, based on resume. Mm-hmm. You probably have to take. Mm, what do you? What about? Yeah, you'd probably have to take University of Utah over them too because mm-hmm. of the championship. Yeah. Or what about let's say Clemson loses, they're out. Utah goes into the Pac-12 championship, but Oregon beats them. Mm-hmm. LSU beats Georgia. So they'd be Alabama, and then what if Baylor beats Oklahoma? Then I think you got to put Baylor in. They're a twelve-in-one conference yeah. champion. And they're at they're at fourteen right now. Yeah, I mean they could rock it up. <laughs> I mean, you think they're gonna rock it up? If if all of the if things. They did, go down in which you have Oklahoma, Utah, and Georgia, Clemson all taken out. Like, I feel like Baylor has to be the one that climbs there just because of, like, the quality wins they'll get over the course of the next X number of weeks. Honestly, I think at this point it's going to be the SEC champion and the Big Ten champion for sure. So, likely Mm -hmm. LSU and Ohio State. And And then... After that, almost certainly Clemson. If Clemson slips up, that opens up the door. And then for that last spot, 
presuming LSU wins, whoever the Big 12 or Pac-12 champion is will get the last spot. Well, not whoever it is. If it's Utah, then Utah will get in. If it's Oklahoma, then Oklahoma. So, yeah. What about what about Utah Baylor, both at twelve and one with conference championships? I I think I, I think Baylor has a better resume. I think Baylor probably has a better <laughs> resume at that point. Right. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of kind of contradicting myself at this point because <laughs> I was talking about how much I was in favor of Utah earlier, but I think also me, the underdog in me, just like wants like a Utah to make. The college yeah, football playoff because back whatever year it was, oh three or four, when they had Urban Meyer and Alex Smith, and they yeah. did not make the championship just by going twelve and zero and then or eleven and zero or whatever it was then, and then winning their bowl game and still not having any shot. I'd like to see him get a real shot, but yeah, yeah. Baylor. I don't know. Baylor has a lot of really close wins over teams that they should have yeah. killed too, though. Like they barely beat Rice. Iowa State That's is again true. good, but they barely beat them. They had that's true. They took Texas Tech to overtime. They barely beat West Virginia. Had to take TCU to overtime. So and then they blew. That's why I think that's why I think it'd be interesting because both Utah Utah's best win would be against Oregon in the championship, and then Baylor's best win would be against Oklahoma in the championship. Yeah. So at that point, it's like it's kind of maybe difficult to choose. Although, like I know, like the whole quality of loss thing is overplayed, and like I think. It shouldn't count as much as it does. But, like, Baylor's one loss was to Oklahoma, who is good, and Utah, USC beat Utah. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, that yeah. was their only loss this season. And that's, like, a good loss. USC is ranked. But quality yeah. loss, it's, I think you, Baylor gets the edge there, honestly. I could see them. I think they would probably give Baylor the edge then over giving uh, Utah a spot in the playoff if everything fell in that way. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Me too. We'll be looking forward to next week into the champion into championship weekend. Yeah. Um, Lucas, thanks for chatting. Yep. I think that's all the time we have for today. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for our podcast coming out next week when we when we look at whatever chaos erupted in the sports world yes. between now and then. I'm excited. So.